Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Hey, how's it going, Lance? It's going. So, it's just going? That's <laughs> just going, yeah. Fair I, enough. Hate, I honestly hate that question. <laughs> yeah. It's a weak way. It's a weak question. You know what? When I was sick and in, in a lot of pain because of the nerve pain, some people would ask me, and, and I'd always say, good. And I'd, I'd almost correct myself and say, well, terrible. I'm just in a, sh- well, here's, here's a, a lot, lot of pain Here's right the now. kind of question I like, but I'm just a, I'm just a turd, okay? I here's do. why. Here's the question I like. If I'm if I'm checking out of a let's say a grocery store, and they go, "Hey sir, how's your day going? Did you find everything you 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 needed?" And I go, "No, I didn't actually." Blows their mind. So I like those kind of questions. I I do too because I answer that honestly because I said I, I I couldn't find this or that. But lately I've been knowing my neighborhood store, so I'm very delighted to report to them. Yes, I did. Oh, good I for you. I actually found what I want. Good for you. Genuinely, yes. Yeah. So your wife invited us to uh, the Colorado Economic Summit. What did you think of it? Phenomenal. Would Would you recommend all architects go to it? Yes, and the so, but make sure if you go to some, what the one we went to was it was sponsored by Coldwell Banker. Yeah, which is the largest real estate, most one of the big, the best companies, real estate companies in the U.S. The Amazon actually, real estate, companies. literally in the world, actually. Really, they're international. Yeah, I know they're international. Cool. Yeah. Next time you go to Mexico, when you're driving through, you'll be blown away about how many like Remax and you know I'm not gonna name shit, but all of them, all, right. all the big ones all that you hear, right? Uh, that that are actually there. But that's why I would recommend it. it make like hook up with a real realtor. Yeah. I think if you're an architect, you should be talking to realtors. You should be buddy buying with them. That should be if you're if you're one of those architects or business owners that glad hands, especially if you're an architect or you're some kind of designer, interior it doesn't matter. My God, once a month you should be having coffee with some realtor. Yep. Because because they are an advocate for your services. So like you know they sell somebody a house, then they're going to remodel it, then they then they recommend you, right? Yeah. In this case, in this case, Coldwell Banker put this on, and it was it was geared towards real estate, the real estate market. But we're so heavily ingrained in it. So I would say architects that mainly do commercials that might not be that pertinent, but I'm going to give you some of the stuff we learned. Uh, obviously, these are going to Oh, you be- mean this, but sorry, I think what Alex was saying is like residential. Yep. We're, yeah. yep. We're residential, but still on the commercial, maybe it's not, maybe it's not sponsored by Coldwell Bank, but it's just an economic summit because when you're talking about these cycles, these business cycles, being on top of that and being able to say, Hey, looks like we have a good window here. looks like these numbers are going to tick up. It's a good time to build, bad time to build. Here's why your um, costs are so much for this or for that. Maybe rentals are, are good. Maybe they're not good. Maybe maybe yep. maybe the glut is you need a sing more single family homes. All of those little indicators. It, it was amazing. And the speakers were seriously entertaining. So, and there was only three. I like that. It was from 4 to 6.30. It was perfect. So rent in Colorado. They took similar houses and one, it rent, one, this house rented out for 1816 bucks. Um, a, a similar uh, apartment rented for uh, 1400 mm-hmm. Actually, but where, where I'm getting at, 
I highlighted some things is that it's rent versus buy. And when they played out these numbers, it was $300 cheaper to buy. So if you are being a developer like us or selling to developers, knowing these numbers, you can say, hey, 25 year old, 26 year old, 27 year old, the average age of a buyer now is 32 years old, right? So 32 year old, if you're on the fence, you're going to save 300 And, and first time buyer, first, first time buyer yes. is 32. That's key. Um, but they also went over, so with the first or second guy that went up, they have a thousand properties, 2000 properties. And they had one of their guys go and look and see what they can actually rent out for and what Zillow says. Zillow says it's 18% higher than their reality. I thought it was 19. I don't uh, mean to split hairs, but I, but no, there was three different categories. Oh, there, that's right. So, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yep. But it was still close to 20%, which I was my wife actually like nudged me while we were sitting there. Cause she goes, see, I told you <laughs> <laughs> your Zillow numbers don't matter. What, ma- what matters is reality. Right? Exactly. And what's good about knowing that too, is then let's say you're planning a development and talking about renting to these people that are buying, you can actually give them real numbers. Right. Um, another thing is that in our price range, they listed out the different price ranges of the different houses and how fast they sell, which is great. If you're selling something, then you know, Hey, maybe you need to lower your price. Maybe you can up your price. Are you within that range? So that the 300,000 to 500,000 was in 24 days. That's where ours Which is be. phenomenal. And my, my realtor wife has told me over and over again, you want properties to be on for less than 30 days. There's just something psychologically that buy, potential buyers look at, a, look at a property. If it stays on for more than 30 days, they think something's got to be wrong with it. There's some kind of hidden thing that I'm yep. expecting. And but in this particular market, and unless it's a million dollar listing or not, then it was 80 days. Then you can tell, Hey, it's going to take longer. There's actually nothing wrong with this. You can bring up the stats and there you go. The other, there was two other cool things about that. One, the last speaker gave the overall huge picture of the economy, right? And basically saying he thinks we're going to be safe for a year to 18 months. There's all these different indicators. One is consumer spending. One is uh, industries and corporations reinvestment. Another one is government spending, and then it's net imports versus net outputs. Uh, net imports versus, yeah, am I saying that right? Outputs. Yes, exports. That's exports. what I'm looking yep. for. Exports. And all the indicators for business reinvesting are up and going to be up. Consumer spending is going to be up, and the government is going to keep printing that money and keep making. Hey, up. that's all that. There's if there's anything they're good at. Printing that money. Printing that Keep money. Printing the hidden control P on that keyboard and just pop it out, pop yeah. it out, pop it out. It's unlimited. Yeah. Unlimited. <laughs> unlimited. So if you can get a project done in a year and a year and a half, that that's your goal. That's your goal right now is to get it done just to be safe. Not to say that it's going to crash in 18 months or anything like that, but just to be safe. And what was cool about that is that he said at the end, you need to get the real estate agents need to get with the architects and developers and lobby these cities to get these regulations down so that we can actually make affordable housing because there's such a pent up demand for affordable housing. California, I mean, Colorado, I'm sure it's true in California as it is in the East Coast and and probably a lot of different places. What this led to, Lance, in the paper today, one of the city council persons uh, is basically said, we need a meeting with developers in Longmont to see how we can make affordable housing. So my brain just ticked. I, I met with this lady before. I immediately emailed her and said, hey, let me know. Keep me on board. We're going to a political thing with, with the mayor next Monday too. And I want to tell him he, he should go to this meeting too. And I'm going to ask that councilwoman if I can present either in the beginning or the end, even the middle. I don't care because I was at, 
I was sitting there in lab answering people's questions. And then I just went off with a presentation about what is actually Oh, you were in the zone, sir. Oh, I went from fees. So like take a typical housing times it by the construction cost, the land fee, and then the profit, and then add in the, the tap fees and everything the city has, and then show how it's basically impossible. So this is going to be a public hearing. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Then talk about site plan review. Give them specific examples and then ask them they need to change their philosophy from marking everything down that's in the code book to does this actually matter? Does it does is what I am marking up really relevant to the final built product? Because and, if it's not relevant, you are you are causing the cost to go up for these people at the end of at the end of the line. And there's gonna be loops where this ties in. Then go into fire sprinklers and then tell them, you know, how much it costs 7000 Then I'm going to pull the stats about how much fire damage there was and how many deaths there was in Longmont, Boulder County, and then the whole United States. And the reason why I'm going to point that out is because I'm going to do a opportunity cost analysis, right? That $7,000 could be used for two other things in our case. One, solar panels. Solar panels actually do something and they power something and they reduce our list be, risk because if we do the same price with a fire sprinkler versus a solar panel, we're going to sell faster with the solar panels right absolutely more confidence in 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 the developer side or i could reduce our prices by seven thousand dollars what that's going to do over the long run is reduce their mortgage by twenty thousand dollars that's two years of college so opportunity costs you're having a system that isn't statistically solving anything right because it's just sitting there not getting used you still have your two-hour fire separating you still have your alarms you you know the the death rates are not going to happen but if you want to talk about deaths, let's talk about deaths. then get the stats for the pollution costs and say if we're going to fight this there's i i swear that the, it's going to be like thirty thousand. 50,000 people in pollution death and maybe a thousand or pollution two. related deaths. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm not diminishing the fire chief should be concerned, but someone needs to fight back with real numbers. And if we're going to spend this money, let's spend it wisely. Um, then go into flexibility about how site plan review pigeonholes you. And if you want to do a change, you can't do a change because it's not in the site plan review because you have to go through the site plan review, which links back to all their crazy changes. No one wants to go back and do that. So you're create, you're putting the cart before the horse all the time in every one of these planning situations. Then go to the economic summit and tell them how as a whole on a macro level, and maybe we need to have some real estate people there. People want affordable housing. Real estate agents want it. Architects want it. Developers want it. Builders want it. Why is it not happening? If this is the case in any other industry, someone wants an iPad, a widget, a a book, the economy will make more. The only reason is because the city is taking the role and saying, we are dictating and deciding what wants to be here. We're going to decide what's beautiful and what can be here. Why are you taking that away from the consumers? Because everyone is saying what they want and you're not letting them have it. And then go into the concept too of the macro thing of another thing is land cost and open space. And basically what you're saying is we have this concept of a standalone city. If you go and ask 10 people on the street, if they know if Longmont is a standalone city, you're going to get zero. No one will know that it actually exists. Go out, do it today. I guarantee that's going to be the result. Oh my God. If you ask them, did you move here because it's a standalone city? They will also say no. Then go, what are you doing? Longmont owns a whole Fill everybody in (laughs) what it is. Oh, a standalone city. Basically, they bought up property around the city and said no one can build here. And they bought up property around um, a, a lake and said no one can live around this lake. They basically made a moat. We made a medieval moat in the 21st century. So then basically, and, and around this, what is only there is prairie dogs. So you're doing prairie dogs versus people 
and you're doing a concept versus what people really want. So ask yourself, are you better than Boulder? I don't think you are. No. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call a spade a spade here. Yeah. Yeah. So as you can see, this guy is this guy is on fire this morning. Wow. Yeah. I got to commend you. Good. No, this is great. This is great. If you get, if you get a fire under, under your butt, go for it. The other, so I want to uh, kind of steer back to to where we started, where and give a recommendation. So the the economist that we listened to, he he was awesome. He's, he's he's he goes by the Bowtie Economist. He is Elliot Eisenberg. He's a PhD. He's a nationally acclaimed economist and a public speaker, specializing in the arcana and minutia of of economics. Uh, fun, relevant, and educational. The guy was awesome. He was so entertaining. He was hilarious. Yep. Uh, so check him out. If you go to econ70.com, it's the home of graphs and laughs. And then what you can also do is you can text the word bowtie, all one word, to 22828. And if you do that, then you get his daily dose via email of uh, 70 words on the economy. I love the guy because he didn't he lay, he didn't sugarcoat everything and he absolutely laid bare like nope this is how it works the Federal Reserve has a huge part in what we do every single day and there's here's all the factors for the economy and he you can't I know we're everybody's everything's hyper politicized right now but you can't avoid it and and if you're if you are a capitalist in this economy real estate architect doesn't matter business owner you better start understanding what the politics actually mean especially like these tax cuts that that, that are coming through now right we, honestly you need to understand politics but you but i was just listening to joe rogan and i think he had steven pinkard you can't politicize it you need to understand politics you need to understand what's going on you need to understand the ramifications of both of these proposals but once you politicize it as a left first right right first left people will not pay attention to facts they will only pay attention to how they look in their tribe and guess what your bank account doesn't care if you're left or right or in the middle or up and down right your bank account has no no political affiliation but that's why this guy was the inspiration for hopefully the talk that i will give is that this is a straightforward exactly what is happening yep and it's this based and, not, it's, and it's just based on actual numbers that you that you figured out how many fires, how many deaths, all this other stuff. Absolutely. Yep. And this came from if uh, the Archie Speak guys, if one of them will text me, they're talking about whatever city they're in. I'm assuming California. All our two buildings need to be sprinklered no matter what, even if you're doing a change or not a change by like And for everybody, just so you know, R2 is a duplex. Yep. And, and essentially what that's going to lead to if all these cities follow this is that it's going to be so hard to move, it's going to make gridlock. And then that gridlock is going to increase prices and then you don't have... Um, flexibility in the economy, flexibility to have low low income people own houses, which is a good thing, which is which is healthy, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, my my wife, excuse me, my wife uh, came up to me. So we were done with the, we were done listening to the the three lectures, and she came up to me. And she says, Lance, you would have loved this the the one of the sessions that we had private session it was a private session that was only for the coldwell people uh, and she said because all this this exact economist talked about was if you guys right if you guys want there to be more new homes on the market he's talking to the realtors then you need to start getting teaming up with builders architects developers and you guys need to team up and you guys need to understand the regulations and the, the the extreme the extreme amount of hoops that people have to jump through in order to get things done at these days just to build single family homes is so atrocious that it is deterring them 
from taking on this affordability issue 100 percent like he said uh i think there was uh there's going to be three thousand new single family homes in colorado next year and he's like, you guys need six thousand, and and the problem six or nine, I swear, one one of the two, like a, a, basically double or triples, or sure. I'm trying to get to is, and so you guys, and that's what Alex is getting at with this presentation. Everyone is, wants it. Everybody wants it. It's a it's a service that we should provide, even if you're a high end architect. I, like you can you can do what we do, where we do like five different plans yep. for these other developers. You, I tr- trust me, you guys can still make money doing this and provide you know affordable homes for people. But at the end of the day. It can't just be the architects going to battle with the city. It can't just be the developers. We've got to come together and we've got to say, we've got to present the, 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 the ideas that Alex is talking about. Are there actual facts that can back us up and say, it's time to start deregulating a little bit. It's time to start coming back to like common sense solutions. Yep. And then going back from my ending point of open space that we can't buy land for under 18% because of the way the land is structured here, even though we have open space in the mountains and, and around Boulder. Going to if Lance, if we do the, our development project, Mark Two, you can see it on uh, the podcast inside the firm podcast.com. I would love to say to the city council, I would love to make a hundred houses on 200 acres or however many acres, 100, 100 acres or less, 100 houses, even 50 acres, you could probably fit a uh, hundred houses on them in affordable bracket. And we know people in Denver that would probably give us some money and people that we'd meet after we did this project successfully and it'd just be houses and laying out roads. Lance and I could do that. We could sell it to people. Everyone would like it because of what I just laid out. You guys will not allow it and you're the only ones that can fix it. Absolutely. We'd absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so we'll we'd see. make a neighborhood. Yeah, so stay tuned. Stay tuned as Alex uh, Alex and I move wade through this. Cause, and uh, piss off city council. <laughs> well, we got to try to do something. I mean, and especially if we're developers now and they'll have us there. I, I think it's worth a shot. Uh, so, so, yeah, so stay tuned. Yep. You know, I had a meeting with a developer who is also my friend uh, earlier this week, Al. And yes. he told me something very profound, okay? He said... Plans are like a football play. Interesting. And the reason why we we're talking about it is they're just lines on a page. <laughs> they are they are just lines on a page. But uh, we are going through a we have a potential problem with a with a, a cl- it's not technically our client because we were just hired as basically draftsmen for this for this builder. Um, but I one of the problems is is that something something didn't work out and it's basically this door was supposed to swing in this certain way, but the attic won't allow it. Like, oh, there's a roof sloping down. It, it just won't work out. So I was describing the problem to this, to my developer friend, and I said, hey, he's also obviously a builder. And I said, Who, who's who's where does this land in terms of responsibility, who pays for it, and everything like that? And he goes, well, first of all, you know, it, it all whoever has the contract with the client is kind of first where it lands. But he said, he said, Lance, let's zoom out. And think about it this way. Think about it like a football play. It's drawn on paper. Everybody's every time you draw X's and O's and block here, block here, and touchdown. Every right? touchdown time, happens. every time every on paper, it's a touchdown, right? Yep. You just got maybe you got to skirt one guy, but you're a pro running back. It's just spin move, control B, right? Right. Easy. And, and then and then and then I thought about my. Well, what happens then? <laughs> yeah. Why why isn't it a touchdown every time? Oh, because life happens. I mean, because ah, you can't predict. Interesting. You can't predict what. You, you just can't predict the outcomes. Or when the play happens, someone moves in a way that... Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> you see something. You build something. A wall gets put up. Oh, what's happening there? You notice something. 
Maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe a carpenter put something in the wrong way. Maybe the trusses didn't come out the way you thought they were going to come out and it caused this problem because maybe maybe someone, somebody got too busy and they were just like, ah, oh, screw it, let's just not show the architects or the engineers and they'll just put them in, up and then nobody coordinated. And all of those things, right? All of these things could have happened. So then I started thinking about my house. You would think, stupid old Lance, Mr. Dumb. Architect, Dumb. Mr. Architect, who also did the majority of the engineering on the house too. Yep. Would have everything figured out. Oh, it's all going to work out. Actually, I would. <laughs> and, yes. and it didn't. <laughs> One of the biggest screw-ups in my own house was that we put in the laundry. We put in the... We have two stacked washers and dryers upstairs. And the door... I had the door swinging in for some stupid reason. And if the door swung in, I couldn't open the washers and dryers. So we had to... So we went up there and I go, oh, well, that was my mistake. Yep. I guess... As the owner, we are going to pay for it because it's a change order, right? It's my building. I, I Not only did I draw it, but it is my building as the owner. We flipped the door. We solved the problem. Yeah. My wife my wife just goes, oh, okay, no big deal. And, you know, like nobody got angry or anything like that. So I want to, there's, so there's two big lessons that Alex and I took from, you know, we went down, we did this site visit. Um, you know, we want to, don't have to get Can in. I tell you what we learned in the site visit? Yeah. So... What we learned was we never reviewed shop drawings for trusses, which normally we do in an architecture role, not in a drafting role. So sort of what that indicates to me is that, okay, you have your X's on offense and your O's on defense. There was another O in there that we never saw, right? We didn't see the, those drawings. Then, we literally didn't see the freaking linebacker on a blitz. Exactly. Because it wasn't shown to uh, You know, they should have drawn the O there and it wasn't there. The other thing is that we weren't on site seeing the situation and apparently people did notice it on the situation and, and never even got back to us. So now there's another O. So instead of 11 O's, there's 13 O's. It's because here's the problem with litigation is, okay, let's say they go after the builder first, right? The builder could either uh, pass through and then go back and attack back to the drafters or they could pierce the veil of the builder and go straight and decide that it's a design mistake, right? And then if it's a design mistake, then go straight towards the drafters. So what do you do in that situation? And what is the big takeaways? And do you want to go to takeaways or what we kind of propose as a solution? And people will see, we'll let them know throughout the weeks if it works or not. Do, do what we, uh, let's talk about our, propo our proposal. Perfect. And, and, and our proposal, I want to just kind of focus it in on one of the things that Alex and I preach all the time is if there's a problem, you run head on at it. Yes. You just go right to the problem. You don't even waste. If I don't care if you have a deadline with something else. There's a major problem. Drop it all. Go right to the problem. Yep. So this could happen to any of you in, in, in any sort of situation. So Lance and I are going back and we decide we need to ask everyone if they want to actually fix the problem or not and are going towards a solution. Because if there's three, four parties involved. If one of those parties is not involved, we, we can't move because they're all hinging on the other one and a dominoes will take, will fall and then all of a sudden we'll have litigation. So if everyone agrees to that, then we're good to go. Now let's just attack the problem like Lance said and define roles. And everyone has to give more than they think that they're gonna give, than, than they think they're responsible for because you'll always make up excuses why it's someone else's fault. So Lance and I said, not only will we come measure everything up, do all the drafting for free, we know that if the trust needs to be drafted again, we will pay for that drafting fee. If the trust needs to get re-engineered by an engineer, we're not going to bring in our engineer because then liability and it just gets muddy. We will pay for that other engineers. We will take on all the responsibility for drawing, not just our drawing, but 
anyone who needs to draw something, we're going to take that all on. Trust people need to rebuild the trust. Need to, you know, all out of your pocket. This is all out of our pocket. Uh, developer, you need to put in the trusses, you know, take demo where it needs a dem, put in the trusses and then repatch it up. And what I'm getting at is that might not be the final solution, but someone had to lay out a framework so we could at least start talking another about another play. Yeah, another play. Here's a play. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> oh no. It hasn't went anywhere. No. Uh, it hasn't went anywhere. We don't know if it will go anywhere. We're happy to keep everybody updated. But our two big takeaways are are are, are two sentences that I want to just relay to everybody. Number one, and this this is sort of like you as the architect or the designer talking to the talking talking back to the uh, the client or more often than than not like the developer, right? So one of the two. They're both going to be clients, right? It could be a private client, could be a developer. If you if you're not going to pay for oversight, then you're going to pay for fixes, right? So if 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 just know that and end a story, end a story. Like if you if so if if there if that developer is not willing to pay a superintendent to be on site and and check things out, oversight for shop drawings too, oversight maybe architecture review, then you're gonna pay for fixes. You're gonna pay for fixes because nobody's paying attention to what's going on on the field. Yep. If we're keeping this with a football analogy, nobody's watching, right? Yep. It's like you don't have an offensive coordinator watching from up in the stands. How about that, yep. right? Or a defensive coordinator yep. and then calling in the plays. Uh, if, you, if you're not going to, and what Alex said, and so the second thing is, if you're not going to pay for engineering and architecture coordination, then you're going to pay for fixes, the same thing. So you can't separate these disciplines at all, right? And that's why I demand, and so does Alex, like, especially on the custom side of things, there's a huge note on every every uh, roof framing plan, and it says, contractor or a trust manufacturer, trust shop drawings shall be submitted Sent, to the architect and engineer. For, yep, and also in the general notes, like, we need to review them because trusses can only get made once. And then if they get made wrong, then you can't, you're not going to repair them. It's it, not it, like you a just avoids where you everything. Saw it and then use it as blocking and stuff like that. Hey, I got a, an add on to that. If you're not going to pay for oversight or fixes, you're going to pay for litigation. Ooh, nobody pay for and lawyers no, and litigation. Gosh, and you nobody make wins. lawyers richer. I don't. Just nobody like asked me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wanna put your money in the lawyer's pocket. No. Nobody in litigation. Nobody wins. Nobody wins but the lawyers every single time. Like you think you might think you win. Let's say you you know you get the case and you get the door changed or something like that. Did you really win? Did you really win paying ten thousand dollars for a five hundred dollar door? No. no. You didn't win. Yeah. So. Um, cool. Oh, so that, that's that. Stay tuned. Uh, and then I want to give a shout out to one of our newest listeners. His name is, uh, his name is Joseph and I'm going to butcher his last name. Echevarria, I believe. I, I believe you should retry without effort. Just like, Echevarria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Joseph found us because he was, he, and I quote him basically, he was doing research on architecture related podcasts and then, uh, he found us that way. So he has a YouTube series called architecture school chronicles. So go check that out. And basically he's documenting every week in architecture school. And he was also considering a podcast. So I think, uh, you know, everybody, everybody who's an architect is listening to this was an architecture student at one point. You remember how. Uh, painful and or not painful, but it was a, it was it was definitely a challenge, right? Check him out uh, because I, I think I think you could it, it would help uh, 
it helps sympathize and realize that other people are going through the same stuff as, as you are. And, and, and maybe you guys can coordinate. So cool. Now we have our bestie, Nick with Nick reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week and I know it's going to get better. A reading. How to jump from a building into a dumpster. Jump straight down. If you leap off and away from the building at an angle, your trajectory will make you miss the dumpster. Resist your natural tendency to push off. Tuck your head and bring your legs around. To do this during the fall, execute a three-quarter revolution. Basically, a not-quite-full somersault. This is the only method that will allow a proper landing with your back facing down. Aim for the center of the dumpster or large box of debris. Land flat on your back so that when your body folds, your feet and hands meet. When your body hits a surface from a significant height, the body folds into a V. This means landing on your stomach can result in a broken back. The Worst Case Scenario Survival Handbook, Joshua Piven. Happy birthday to both of you. Eat, drink, and enjoy your day. And be on the lookout for a gentleman dressed in a suspicious, like it could be easily torn off, police officer uniform, coming to wish you both a happy birthday on Monday. Toodles! Two things. One, I like that he said police officer. Instead of policeman or woman. So it could still be. <laughs> Shout out Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second is Nick. Okay. So this morning we run by the seat of our pants, fly by the seat of our pants. So you texted in the morning. This is like seven in the morning. And Nick is on a text with us. And, I, and we weren't going to do the podcast today. We're going to do it tomorrow. Normally we do it on Friday. It's Thursday. So <laughs> you go, hey, can you, you say to Nick, can you record us a thing? And, uh, Nick said, yes. And I go, no problem. I'm stepping into a class. Could you pick a segment to read, Nick? Nick knows what books we read from every single time. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Uh-huh. He did not pick that book. <laughs> didn't you I, see need more, I need to be more specific. Yeah, but didn't you see later in the yeah. conversation that he was... Uh, he was at, uh, he, he was like, he, he left his book in, at home or, I don't know. Always oh, at the office and he won't be there in about, th- until about three. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So, so I told him to just give us some gold and he did. And the gold is this. I was this. teaching during this part of the conversation. The, the, gold is, the gold is this. What? The dumpster is the problem. So jump right at it. You jump right into that dumpster of a problem. Don't try to overshoot it. Exactly. You don't go sideways. Nothing. Nothing. Tuck in. Head right to the bot, the think the debris, and and then you just got to sort it out after that. Yep, that's how it relates back to it every single time. Awesome. Before we go into our next segment, I'm going to talk about something that that we bought and then we got it as a gift. So Evan Troxel at Arky Speak wrote a book called Are Hacks, and I can't remember. We've been talking, and uh, basically, I, I bought this book, and I think if you are thinking about starting the ARE. I think you need to get this one for a couple of reasons. One thing I won't, you know, give away all of it, all of its secrets, but I love that he pointed out, you're going to have to give up your social life for a while. He says, don't worry about it. 
You're going to have to give it up though and get people in the mindset. Because I, I remember after I read that, I went home and I just thought I went home, started playing with my baby, talked to my wife, dude, I, I even worked out last night. And, and I thought back to when I was studying for the ARES and I would immediately go home and I'd start to study and then I would eat food either at my desk or I'd turn around and, and eat it at the dinner table. Wouldn't play with my baby, would barely talk to my wife. And I go, oh, that was terrible. But <laughs> everyone has to do it. And then Evan sent the whole crew that's going to be on the next segment a copy of the book. And what was great is that they're on ARE Jeopardy. They're doing it. And one of our guys said, oh, I guess I need to start studying yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Just because he got the book. <laughs> like if that one thing made him took it seriously. Yeah, dive into that dumpster. What are yeah. you doing? Right at the problem. So our next segment, the guys will be joining us for ARE Jeopardy. Okay, so here we go. The guys are in. First question, you know how it goes. There will be A, B, C, or D. Uh, if you're playing along, write down your answers. The guys will too. They'll reveal the, their answers and then we'll give the correct answer. So concrete is, then colon. So I'm going to say four things and concrete is going to be one of these four things. A, strong in tension and weak in compression. B, strong in compression and weak in tension. C, weak in both tension and compression. D, strong in both tension and compression. Do, 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 do. Sing with me, Lance. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 Okay, are we good? All right. B. B and B. You are all correct. Give yourselves all a point. I'll do that on my little marking. You all went through materials in, right? In, in, in college? And, okay. And that's why... Let's say you have a concrete floor and it's six inches thick. You would, or eight or 10, you'd put the rebar at the bottom because when it's pushing down, the bottom is pushing out in tension, which is. Oh, I like the, the better one I like is uh, if you're doing a basement wall so, and, you, and you're putting it, you put it closer to the inside face because all the earth is pressing against it. Yep. Okay. Question number two. The, uh, the diameter of a number five rebar is one of these four things. The diameter is A. 0.75 inches, B, one-fifth of an inch, C, one-half of an inch, D, 0.625 inch. Boy, you got tricky with that, Al. You like how I mixed trick, up there? Tricker, tricker, tricker. Yeah. Somebody ought to be writing for but the ARE. I, I almost did a question where you'd have A, B, C, or D, and then you'd have like, uh, is it A and D? Oh, a, get out D of here. B? <sighs> I always, yeah, there should be no okay. E's. Uh, 0.75 of an inch. One-fifth of an inch. One-fifth. A half an inch or 0.625 of an inch. Number five rebar. What is it? Okay. Ready? D, C, and D. D is correct. D is correct. Point five eighths. Yep. I guarantee you will get a rebar question on on the port. Did you get any on ARE? I, I can't. I got thousands of questions. So I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember because I, I, I got the highest score of structures in the United States. Oh, you. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know that. You never know your scores. Yes. Okay. That's it. On to me. Yep. I even have a tiebreaker this time, just in case. So so what is the score so far? We, we don't have to name names. It, it, it's uh, two people have two. <laughs> Mark is tied for the lead. Mark is tied for the name? Lead? Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, Mark. It's yep. a new day. A new day. 
He's feeling good. He's feeling he's good. He's feeling good. Well, he's Jason, the, our perennial powerhouse. That's exactly what he is. It's exactly what he is. All right. Well, here, here's your chance to catch up. Okay. You have a new client, and one of their goals is energy efficiency. Which of the following design strategies will bear the most energy efficiency? A, prescribing solar panels. B, prescribing insulation values that are 50% greater than the code minimum. C, orienting the building lengthwise along an east-west axis. D, roof, D, deep roof overhangs. So you have a new client. Their biggest goal is energy efficiency. Which of the following design strategies will bear the most energy efficiency? A, prescribing solar panels. B, prescribing insulation values that are 50% greater than the code minimum. C, orienting the building lengthwise along an east-west axis, or D, deep roof overhangs. Which one is it, gentlemen? Do, 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 do. Are we good? All right, what do we got? B, B, and C. The correct answer is C. Whoa. And you know, you all, I feel like you also will get a question like that too. You know what the part that pisses me off about my own question that I wrote? It doesn't say, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but this is me being trying to be one of these ARE people that write the questions. It, what it left out is where it's at, right? Exactly. So they, they do do things like that. There you go. So you just got to make an assumption. You just got to make a little, you literally got to dive right into that dumpster, Al. Every time. Yep. That was our earlier thing. Uh, Okay. Question number four. The webbing of wooden eye joists of the main floor on a newly built house that you designed have been found to contain a carcinogenic chemical within them. Who is responsible for the removal and replacement of the webs? A, the contractor. B, the architect. C, the structural engineer. D, the manufacturer. So you have, in a house that you designed, the webbing of wooden eye joists that we do all the time, and there's been found to be a carcinogenic chemical within them. Who is responsible for the removal of the replacement of the webs? Removal and the replacement. A, the contractor. B, the architect. C, the structural engineer. D, the manufacturer. Who is responsible, boys? Who are you going to throw that responsibility? Is it going to be on us? Are we going to pay for it? Who's paying for it? All right, here we go. What do we got? A, D, D, D is correct. <laughs> so we don't even need the tiebreaker. Crash clearly wins. King of the day. King of the day. All right. Very good, boys. We'll see you next week for that one. Awesome. Great segment. Again, go to amazon.com, pick up Evan Troxel's books, A-R-E Hacks to get started. Um, just to let everyone know, our friend, uh, Mark LePage over at Entree Architect Podcast always says, if we build better businesses, we will build better architects. If you, we work to build a thriving, profitable business, then we'll have more time and resources to focus on our practice, our craft, our art as architects. I think that that, that is great. A better business starts with planning for profit. Mark and his team at Entree Architect will show you how. Download their free online course, Profit for Small Architects Firms, at entrearchitect.com backslash free course. Actually, so, forward slash. Forward slash. <laughs> so go get get his free PDF, his free course, and it's it's free. There's no risk. You will learn. If you learn one thing, it is 
10 times your money. And if you somehow aren't listening to his podcast, please go listen to his podcast. It is phenomenal. And join his group on Facebook. So it's entrearchitect.com forward slash free course. Uh, We're going to give a shout out to another one of our friends uh, that's been on the podcast before, Eric Reinhold. Did I say that right? You did. Perfect. Um, He says, if you love what you're doing here on Inside the Firm, be sure to check out 30 by 40s YouTube channel for a behind the scenes look at practicing architects residential design studio. The channel created by Eric Reinhold of the 3040 design workshop features more than 180 videos from design tutorials, project walkthroughs, short courses, product material, and software reviews to build model building demonstrations, vlogs, live streams, and viewer Q and a each video is meant to reveal the process behind the making of architecture, new episodes every Thursday. You can subscribe plus join more than 100,000 and other like-minded pros by going to uh, 30by40.com forward slash YouTube. What's, what's and, and, and you spell out 30by40.com forward slash YouTube. Also, just go to YouTube. Go to 30by40.com. What I learned from this, I didn't know it was every Thursday, which is cool. And I like his videos. I really like his They're videos. They're very well done. Yeah. So... I just subscribed because <laughs> I haven't subscribed before. Have you seen his last one? I have not. It's every book an architect should have. And it is awesome. Just because he always goes down to like the substance and the principle behind stuff. And he, and like you said, they're very good. They're every Thursday. The quality is the quality like top notch. Eight minutes, something top-notch. digestible, something like that. So yep. go ahead and do that. Last thing before Lance wraps it up with how you can help the podcast, I want you to help yourself. And the way I want you to do that is to at least to try Revit. And the way that you can try Revit is with a monthly subscription, right? You can do that. It's regularly $275, which is two billable hours if you're a principal. Absolutely, it is worth it. Times are changing. If you're not into Revit, you need to be. You are losing business because you're not in Revit. And then also you're being less productive because you're not in Revit and you're not taking on the responsibility and you're not getting the reward that you need because you're not modeling correctly. I know that that seems crazy to say and some people might might fight that, but it's absolutely true. If if that's too steep for you, and I totally understand because you're running a, you know, a, a, a lean firm, that's totally okay. okay. You can get Revit Lite for $65 a month. Go on autodesk.com you can find it there please sign up transition over awesome uh if you like us if you love us if you want to hear more from us and interact with us please go to our private facebook group and join that it's inside the firm uh just if you go to the if you go to facebook type in inside the firm there'll be two things that pop up number one is our actual facebook page that's inside the firm give it a like share it with some friends if you if you if you'd like that actually the top pinned post right now is a playlist of all 48 episodes and after today it'll be 49 episodes so you can just binge listen it's like 17 hours of listing of of Alex gold gold absolutely uh and then please join the group uh follow us on the twitter and last but not least what one thing that really helps us grow and, and helps us uh, feel like we're, we're getting things done and, and wanting to grow this further is if you go to itunes if you're listening to on itunes please just go within the app on itunes and you, if you click on um our podcast and then scroll all the way to the bottom you should be able to leave a review if you're thinking about a two-star review you know, put five stars right on top of that. Leave that for us. And on the 25th review, something special happens, Al. We're going to send you a free book. We're even going to sign it. We'll send it to wherever you are, not Mars, only in on Earth. 
Uh, and then if you leave a review and send it to us, we'll send you the free PDF copy. Yep. So, so no matter what, every everyone for sure gets a. If if you leave us a new review, PDF copy. The uh, the 25th review. We're on we're on number 20 right now. Devin Tilly was the, was the got the golden number 20. Yep. Um, and then also, if you have read the book, same thing. Go on to Amazon and please just leave a review. That'd be very helpful. Thanks. Beautiful. See you next week.